in a dark world filled with deceit. One united voice is crying out. Revealing the truth of God's word. It's time to expose the hidden truth. And unravel the lies. While we're living in Satan's little season. With Sister Crystal and Brother Phil. Alright, welcome again to Living in Satan's Little Season Show. This is your host, Brother Phil and Sister Crystal. Hello everyone. Alright, we got a good topic today. The three possible ages we are living in. <laughs> we're either living before the millennial reign of Christ, right now. We're living during the millennial reign of Christ, right now. Or we're living after the millennial reign of Christ, right now. If you're a Christian, you believe the Bible, then there's only one of those three that you have to believe. And most of uh, Bible um, theologians have classified these as, as premillennial, amillennial, and postmillennial. That's kind of how they're, how they're going. We're going to break all these down for you today so right. you understand where all these are coming from. Because they're kind of confusing. So we're trying to help clarify what these time frames are and where the Bible actually states we are. Okay, let's start with the first one, which is... I, I would say, you'd probably agree with me, um, it's probably one of the more popular ones yeah. these days. It's pre-millennial, which means right. that we're living before the millennial reign of Christ. Right. I think if you took a poll to most believers, they would say, no, the millennial reign has not come, so we're waiting for Christ to return. I, I would probably agree with that. And of course, you know, you got Hollywood, you know, they, they promote <laughs> this like, you know, you wouldn't believe. <laughs> With all the Left Behind movies right. and all the Thief in the Night movies, and they just love to promote this idea that Jesus hasn't come yet and we're waiting for his return scenario. Still waiting. And it's not only them, but anyway, primarily these are like dispensationalists that kind of, just because you believe before, we're living before the, the coming of the Lord, before the second coming of Christ, there's a lot of variations with these beliefs. And there's three primary ones, and we're not going to go over all of them in complete detail, but we're going to go over a little bit. There's pre-trib, mid-trib, and post-trib. In other words, what these mean is that either you believe that before the tribulation is when Christ is going to return, or in the middle of the tribulation is when Christ is going to return, or after the, uh, the tribulation is when Christ is going. <clears throat> Those are the only three that are possible here, usually. <laughs> they had this idea, and we went over the timeline last week, the biblical timeline that we're talking about, so you understand what we're, what, what we're talking about when it came to the timeline. But in our opinion, the, ti the tribulation that, that they talk about, the great tribulation, happened before the coming of the Lord, right. or before the day of the Lord, because that's found in a couple of different scriptures that we talked about. So now let's talk about the most popular one, I would say, would be the pre-trib rapture. Okay, and that's the one in most of the Left Behind series. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have usually those kind of people are the ones that are really evangelicals. Most evangelicals, I would say, would, would, would fall into this camp. I'd say the majority of these people kind of believe that what happens is there's a secret rapture. 
And this is separate from Christ's return, obviously. So this is where it kind of goes. See, this is how the churches these days are scaring everybody. Well, yeah, but, <clears throat> you know, I wasn't chosen. I wasn't good enough to be taken with the others, so I have to suffer the tribulation. Yeah, and usually on all the movies, I, you know, I, I, I've watched them. You know, I give them cursory glances. It's kind of a fun, entertaining way. Yeah. Usually the way it is is you have somebody that's kind of on the fence. They kind of believe in God, but not really. So that's why they were left behind. And then they realize, ooh, I made a big mistake. And now they're having to go through the Great Tribulation. Well, it, was, it was for real. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they, they remember what their spouse or somebody told them. Right. And that's why you see all the clothes on the ground in the movies, right. you know, that they disappeared, vanished from everyone. And that's, matter of fact, there's a movie... One of the more recent Left Behind movies is Vanished, about everybody just vanishing on a rapture scenario. Right, okay? and set for teens. Yeah, you know? so they're trying to push little kids and the, the teens and everything into this whole rapture nonsense. But anyway, but the point is, is you have these people kind of believing that Jesus Christ just has a secret rapture, takes everybody to heaven for a while, and then the Great Tribulation starts because, hey, there's no more righteous people left on earth, right? Right. All the righteous people have been taken away now. So that's the rise of the Antichrist shows up. Then, you know, you got to refuse the mark. Right. And if you do all these things... After the seven years. After the seven years, and you survive right. it somehow, that's when Christ returns, and I guess you're... You you're, deserve a second chance. Yeah, you, you, you got through the second chance. <laughs> this is how the churches these days kind of scare people. Right. They, they, they scare people into this... No more fire and brimstone preaching these days. It's more of just, listen, you don't want to be left behind by Jesus, do you? Right. So, you know, you don't want to see those clothes laying by your side when you're not going with Christ. So Are you, you better, enough? Yeah, you, you'll have to go through all that trial and struggle through the Great Tribulation <laughs> in order to make it to the end. Right. That's seven years of hell for you. <laughs> I, and that is, that is not, I have to admit, I, I'm laughing, but that is not what the Bible teaches. Because I don't think God wants anyone to suffer. I really don't. But I do believe that we have to be true to what his word teaches. And getting back to basic biblical truths and scriptures that tell what and where we are and what actually matters and not what we've been told matters or what we are expecting to happen. Because that's all lies and deception planted in the church by the devil. The last position I had before I really understood the, what I call biblical eschatology, which is what I'm really teaching right now, is that I was a post-trib rapture. And it really was, I didn't never call it the rapture. I call it more of like, it was like called historic premillennialism, which is post-trib. Okay, mm -hmm. in other words, no, we're going to all have to endure because essentially that's what the Bible does state. You look at, and we're going to read a couple of scriptures here, because in Revelation chapter 3, to, a letter to all the churches that John was writing, it's very clear that these churches were suffering. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, they were going through the tribulation at that. And so, why don't you read uh, Revelation chapter 3, verse 12, and okay. we'll kind of get an idea of what's going on there. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. And I will write on him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. Here was the people in that church that they were going to, guess what, have to overcome something. They were going through, at the time John was writing this letter, the Great Tribulation. Right. They have to endure. And it wasn't just to that church. That was a church of Philadelphia right there. The Laodicean church had a similar one. Why don't you go ahead and read that one? That's in Revelation chapter 3, verse 21. To him who overcomes, I will grant 
to sit with me on my throne, and as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. This is another bombshell for people. Now I'm going to go ahead and say it because there's a scripture right there. The Bible teaches two thrones. There's the father's throne. And right there in that verse, you read that that Jesus is going to come and set up his own throne. So you're going to have two thrones here. You're going to have one throne with Jesus on it. And you got another throne in heaven where God's reigning. One of the reasons why Christ is coming down to reign on earth and not just in heaven was to set up a throne here as God has set up a throne already up there in heaven. Revelation chapter 3 verse 21 proves that. Two thrones. Right. So I'm not just like, oh, let me just pull all this stuff out of my hat. No, it's right there in your Bibles. If I would if I didn't see it, I wouldn't I would say, oh, it's not there. But no, I'm reading it right there. Essentially what's happened is Christ comes down and he's setting up a throne down here. But a lot of people think that he hasn't come yet. This is these are the pre-trib people. He hasn't showed up yet. He hasn't come down yet to set up his throne. I was post-trib, which for most of my days until I real I started studying this a little bit. And then you realize, wow, okay, I can like explain a lot of things, but there's still areas I couldn't explain like these ones. So you were you were kind of struggling with it and you'd pray about it, you'd seek more. Granted, partly you wanted to reconcile what you thought was the truth, but you couldn't get around the scriptures, which you knew was the truth. And so in your own spirit, you had to just allow God to kind of speak to you and, you know, in that time frame that could have been through some days of fasting and whatnot. But you were given that knowledge of understanding what it really, what you are believing now is to be the truth. And I think that really takes some maturity. Because we, you know, you have to start somewhere. And if you believed in any of these ways, you're going to have to maybe reconcile that maybe with the way you believed isn't exactly what you're feeling convicted of to believe now. And that's okay to change because you're getting the real picture and the true picture through scriptures. And that's valuable knowledge. When we come with new information, we can't just avoid it and just say, hey, this isn't what I believe because I'm just going to believe what I believe. And see, this is what I had to do. All the way through my life, I had to like, if somebody comes with me with new information that changes my belief system and you have biblical evidence that can back up what you're saying, I'll change my beliefs. That's humility right there. And I'm just saying we all need to have this kind of an attitude. I just, I'm trying to be as honest as I can, come to you with, I'm not trying to like, oh, I have it all figured out. No, I still don't have it all figured out. Right. I'm still trying to figure all this out because there's been so much deception in the world. And that's why we're, I believe we're living in Satan's little season. Satan has taken over the churches. That was the first, I think the first thing he did when he got out, when he crawled out of that pit, he was in. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. He, he was, he had a plan and the only way to get things to go, his narrative was to attack the very area where the truth would be brought out through. And that would be through the church. Most churches these days, at least evangelicals, you will have some kind of usually a pre-trib rapture scenario where people will come to Christ and then as long as they stay faithful then they're going to be raptured up and everybody else who I guess doesn't or on, on the, the fence, fence yeah. or you know <laughs> living a rebellious life well they're going to be left behind and then right. then if somebody would come to Christ during that time that's I guess the scenario in Revelation chapter 20 where all these people get beheaded they're saying it was all the people that didn't accept Christ the first time. Right, and all right. of a sudden, now they're having to like accept Christ now. And, and they get a second chance. And they're getting a second chance. Which, no, don't get me wrong. Jesus is does give as many chances. Exactly. I mean, oh, no, he is so good at, at giving us grace. But this whole scenario doesn't seem to fit in. I can't find a secret rapture in <laughs> Scripture anywhere. It doesn't fit in with the whole, oh, well, no, the first They have to try to make all these events kind of meld and it doesn't work right, I don't think. Well, honestly, a lot of the reasons why we have this theology 
is because there's so many books and movies. And I have to say, this is a truth that's been kind of perpetuated over the church. And it may or may not be what the Bible teaches, but people have accepted it because it seems like it's plausible. But people have gotten rich on this theology. And if it's not correct, and the Word of God is correct, then we have to abandon what society says is the correct way to understand the scriptures and go with what the scriptures actually say. Yeah. The second one, let's go move on here. We've already spent, you know, a lot of time on this pre-trib scenario, which is fine. I mean, because this is the biggest one, but then there's still a large group of people yes. that are what's called amillennialists, which is typically that they believe right now we're in the middle of Christ's millennial reign right now. Essentially the whole church age. And this was actually my original beliefs for most of my life, is I actually believed that Christ, Christ was reigning, reigning, but see, he mm-hmm. wasn't reigning on earth. He was, I, ble- I believed for a long time he was reigning in heaven with the saints up there. Well, actually, no, because he hasn't returned yet. Right. See, this is the problem with this one, is, and this is why I couldn't reconcile it, because you have Christ reigning in heaven, but then returning after his reign. Wait a minute now, but then the Bible say he... <laughs> He's going to reign with the saints for a thousand years. So what he's, I guess he's saying is that, but he hasn't returned yet to, to rapture the church. Uh, this was so confusing to me. I was like, wait a minute now. It's Christ's millennial reign now, but it's gone on, let's say, 2,000 years is what they say. Right. Well, they would say that, that millennial. That's still soon. <laughs> well, not just that, but they would say that the millennial reign is not an exact thousand years. It could be 2,000, you know, uh-huh. it's, it's just a number. My understanding of that is they wouldn't say a thousand years if they meant 2,000 years, if they meant right. two days or whatever else. It, a thousand years, I believe, means a thousand years. Simple right. as that. I was having a hard time with that because they have, where's the saints reigning with Christ for a thousand? Well, they would say they're reigning with Christ for a thousand years in heaven. This is what they would say. And I'm like, well, hold on a second, trying to scratch my head and figuring this out. Then their Christ isn't hasn't returned yet. Uh huh. How so did they he, get there? <laughs> so he'll yeah. So how did these guys get <laughs> reign with Christ for a thousand years if he's in heaven? Oh, right. Wasn't Christ reigning in heaven before he came down to earth anyway? I mean, how is that any different than that? That's not helping us out too much. I was it was really confusing to me, and it, it didn't fit in with Revelation twenty, which clearly states that all the saints are going to be reigning with Christ. Plus, you look at Zechariah chapter fourteen. And there, the saints are coming down, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, right. are coming down to reign with Christ after the destruction of, of Jerusalem. So there, it, it clearly gives us a timeline that the saints are coming with Christ and are going to reign with Christ, and he's going to set foot on the Mount of Olives. That's in Zechariah chapter 14. That part, really, and there's a lot of people that kind of believe this way. It's, it's more of like, it's symbolism. He's symbolically reigning in heaven. So that would be their take on the millennial reign of Christ. Is it's symbolic. It's not a real physical reign, reign. here on earth. But we just read, well, there's two thrones. What about that other throne? Is it just vacant now? <laughs> okay, what about the other throne there in Revelation chapter 3, verse 21 that we just read? So, you know, there's this, all these things that were like not making any sense. And so now we have the last one. And we'll get to that one now, which is what's known as post-millennialism. After Christ's millennial reign, which is kind of where we are right now, that his reign has already passed. And for that to happen, Satan had to be released. So we are basically in Satan's li- living in Satan's little season. Yes. After, Christ, after the Satan was released 
from his prison after a thousand years. You have him deceiving the nations. That's what it exactly. says. Exactly. Okay, you have him just tricking everybody. I think precisely that's what you see in the world today. Honestly, you know, that's... When we were first presented with this, just, I don't know, a while ago, there were, I prayed about it and I just meditated on it and read scriptures and just, I felt so much peace. Just realizing, man, it's like it clicked. This makes so much sense. And we can't help but we're born when we're born. We didn't choose to be born when we were born, but we're just born the year that we're born in. And I'm sorry, but we weren't born in that time. We were born in this little season where Satan is active and moving and obviously signs of his deception and deceiving the nations. Let me just say that post-millennialism was actually fairly popular before in the early 1900s and before it's just recently gone out of favor now because mm. people are looking at the world around them and go there's no way that crisis had just got done raining because they don't see any evidence of the reign of christ well here's the problem there's been a lot of resets in recent yeah. history yep over this time if you've done some research you'd realize yeah there's been a lot of fake history going on, and there was a lot of things that happened. The millennial reign of Christ wasn't some paradise scenario no. that people aren't making it out to believe. I believe that Christ came and reigned for a thousand years, but it was but like any other king, does that mean just because they're reigning, does that mean they're going to have all these loyal subjects? No! You're not going to have loyal subjects on everyone. And this is exactly precisely what happened with Christ, and I think what happened over the thousand years corruption in the church and in society intensified. intensified to a point where it was, the world became more and more corrupt and then people weren't following jesus like they should have been thus releasing satan from his prison and then once satan was released it seems as though it kind of maybe snowballed he had people working all over the world that have had allegiance to him and so you know, working either inside the church or in society, pushing his narrative or his agenda. And now, I mean, I feel like, you know, right now I see it so clearly. How could you not see what's what's going on in the world today that Satan is free, moving throughout our society, throughout the world, and all these acts and things that are going on, there's no doubt in my mind that he's been loosed. And I think it's it's really hard to see, you know, we, yeah, we have to go through it. And the Bible says it's clear. But we have hope and we have the Word of God and our faith that we can trust that God has a plan for us. Half the battle, I believe, is being able to understand where we are on the timeline. See, the way Satan does this is he's tricking us into believing that we're somewhere else. So that way we feel like we're, and part of deception is being a wanderer. See, mm -hmm. actually I looked into what that word deception means. That word deception actually means to wander. In other words, you're wandering off from a true direction. In other words, wandering from the truth. You're, For the other path. Words, you, you, mm -hmm. were, you were once not a wanderer, but then you became a wanderer. Because of what you started to believe. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. like you've gotten off the path and you're wandering around Satan loves wanderers. Yes, you're because, lost. Because that means that he can direct you in any <laughs> exactly, path to go. Exactly, exactly. You're easily redirected or encouraged down a path he wants you to go, not a path that God wants you to go. The biggest group when it comes to this, what's known as post-millennialism, would be known as preterism that in today's day and age. Let me warn you about preterism. Some of it is okay. It's really close to what we're, we're teaching here. But there's these group called full preterists which actually believe that we're actually right now living on the new heaven and new earth 
Okay. That it's everything's been done. All mm. Bible prophecies have been fulfilled. And right now we're living on new heaven and new earth. This is kind of dangerous because I'm like, if this is a new earth, get me out of here. Because <laughs> I don't want anything to do with this place. This place is getting chemtrailed to death. Yes. Poisoned in our water. Our food's poisoned. Yes. If this is new earth, I don't I don't want anything to do with eternal life. This is what they're teaching. And I'm like going, I just don't see this I, as being an option. Uh, yeah. I think God has so much more for us than this. Well, the only way they get that way is they say the thousand-year reign of Christ happened within 40 years. <laughs> that between Christ's ascension into heaven and his return in 70, 73 AD was the millennial reign of Christ. That's how they believe. Now, there are partial preterists that are pretty similar to what we're, we're, ta- we're espousing here. And this is why I, I always wanted you to be warned because every time somebody comes close to the truth... The devil comes in there and makes sure to muck it all up yep. to get everyone to thinking, oh, that's ludicrous. No one yeah. can possibly understand this. It's so confusing. And it's, you know, it's, it's really the whole point. I think he wants everyone to just be so lost in thought that this can't be accurate when we're just saying, read your Bibles. God does not want us to feel lost. He doesn't want us to feel like we've missed it. He wants us to know the truth. And it's evident his word is the truth. What we're suggesting here is... A real easy, simple timeline. Okay, and this is so simple to understand. And once I explain it right here, you'll understand. Christ returned really early, a long, long time ago, 70 AD, 73 AD. In that generation, as he said, well, next week we're going to go over mm-hmm. all the scriptures that Jesus says, I'm right. coming back soon in this generation. Yeah, He says it so many times that it's like, why aren't we listening to what Jesus said? Ex- he would be a liar otherwise. No, he had to come back then or within one generation. And we know what a generation is biblically. It's 40 years. You can't have Jesus coming back, oh, a generation is 2,000 years later. No, that's not a generation. In anyone's (laughs) definition of the word. What we're espousing here is this. Christ returned. He reigned for a 1,000 years. Then what happened is, but there was a lot of corruption at the end of his reign. Mm -hmm. Satan was loose as a result of that. And now he's going around deceiving the nations, erasing most of history. Because how can you deceive a bunch of nations that were just living... In, under the millennial reign of Christ and knew it. You have to start modifying history mm-hmm. in order to convince everyone that, no, that didn't happen back then. That's right. why I don't trust history books. I believe that most of history has, has been heavily edited and it's been edited in such a way as to remove anything that has to do with Christ. That's right. Matter of fact, this is the reason why this is the most dangerous show on earth. Because what we're trying to tell you is Satan has spent fortunes to erase Christ from the history books over the last thousand years to hide the truth because for one thing i think he's so prideful that he doesn't want anyone to understand and know that he was bound for a thousand years he is pride is his folly exactly. and what he'll do is he'll erase history for his pride and, and plus it tricks everyone into believing well christ hasn't come back yet right and more to take with him when the time comes when his his reign is up what we're saying is now we're living in after the millennial reign of christ but there's a time period now, Satan's got to deceive all the nations now, and that's what right. we see happening. That's why I know what the next event's going to be. The Gog-Magog war where all the nations, which are being deceived by the devil, are going to go to war against Jesus in the camp of the saints. They're here on earth somewhere, and they're living somewhere here on earth. Now, where they're, they're at, I don't. I have no idea. We don't know where they're at. Maybe it's some of those places we're not allowed to go. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of places on earth we aren't allowed to go in our society today. Why is that? It's because I believe that we're living in a day and age where... 
Satan knows where Jesus is. He knows exactly where Jesus and, his, and the saints are. And you might ask, well, what's the point of, the, of a little season then? Well, what a little season is to test us. Because Jesus wants us to have faith. Right. Believe his word. Not just, oh, I believe you. And then as, as long as everything is going well and I'm okay, I'll trust in you, Jesus. No, he wants us to believe in him no matter what. And, and go through hardships and endure and overcome. And that's exactly what we're trying to do now. Right. I, and, and knowing is half the battle. And the reason why we're doing this show is, is that we're trying to give uh, Satan the middle finger here. You know, we, we know what you're up to. I know you're kicking sand in our face. I know we're in your playground. You're not going to get us down. We're, we're going to stay left tied because we, we know we're going to win in the end because we know how the, how the story ends at the end. Well, and we know who we believe in. And we know he is more than able to see us through and... We will have a victory. And see, Satan doesn't like that. He doesn't want us to understand, or, or he wants us, him. He wants to guide our direction rather yes. than us to use our word to guide our direction. See, I'm understanding. Okay, we're living in Satan's little season, and guess what? We know how this thing ends, <laughs> and we know that the next big event is that all the nations are going to be deceived. So don't get under the illusion that, oh, things are going to get better and all these people are going to start turning to Jesus and all these revivals are going to start happening. I don't see that happening according to my Bible. If anything, I just I, I think there's going to be fewer and fewer of us that actually stay firm and fast to the Word of God. That's yeah. all you've been seeing the last 20 or 50 years. And so what we have to do is we have to keep our heads high, understand when we're living, and know it's like, okay, Satan is deceiving everyone. Well, and just like through the tribulation, there was a remnant. And I believe, and I think we both believe, that there's also going to be another remnant of people who are persevering through this time before the Gog and Magog War. And those are the people who are not going up with all the nations to go against the camp of the saints, but those who are standing firm and are waiting for Christ and for the, the battle to ensue so we can have victory with him. Yep. Again, Gog, Magog War, which is basically the satanic forces. That's, in my opinion, that's all they are. Satanic forces that are going, going to go up against Christ. Because I believe the devil and his minions are running around here, running the earth, into the ground. And that's pretty, pretty much what you see happening these days. You know, it's not like, oh, this earth is becoming so plush and green and better. No, it's, it's looking a lot worse every year. It's, working, it's looking worse all the time. So what we have to understand Dad. is, okay, we understand when we're living now. We're living in, in the eight, what I call the age of deception, which is means that Satan is tricking everyone. And that's why he owns the television stations. Exactly. He owns the, the movie theaters and right. all the movie uh, studios. He, he controls all that. That's why they push this evil, um, wicked agenda constantly. Because he's using that to control everyone. Right. What Satan is doing is he he's a copycat. What, what did Jesus do when he came down? How did he teach the people? He taught them in parables, which is nice, beautiful stories that help us understand and get a meaning out of it. Well, what Satan has done is he just does a high-tech version of that, and we call them TV shows or movies, <laughs> which are basically stories, but then he throws in this evil agenda in there right. to get us to believe in these wicked and evil stories. Visual tantalizing so all Satan has done is do a high-tech uh -huh. version of yeah. what Christ was doing back in the New Testament times of a parable. But more of an evil agenda. Yeah, and of course he's pushing his all the evil that TV and movies push these days. Okay, that's why you need to stay away from all that nonsense, because it's literally destroying you, your spirit. And it has gotten worse. Since we were kids, I am just amazed at how much information I have to tell my kids that it's false. It's so, so hard. They want to deceive all these young, younger generations. And it's like we have to stand up and help our kids see that this is just more and more garbage. 
Well, like I say, next week we're going to go into the return of Christ. All the scriptures that really go into this. You, you don't realize it until you start studying it. There is a lot of times Christ said, I'm coming back in this generation. You're going to see me again. Mm. And he says this so many times that it's like what? He was almost like a parrot <laughs> saying this so many times in the Bible. And yet people, 2,000 years later, he hasn't returned yet. It's like he stated he was going to come back. And I know it's not what we want to hear. Right. We missed out. But we didn't really miss out. It wasn't for us. So we need to understand, okay, folks, you didn't miss out on anything. We're living exactly when we're supposed to be living. It wasn't ours to miss out on. God had already ordained us to not be a part of it. That's okay. And I am content with knowing that God has a plan for all of us now and for what we have to endure. So just understand, this is why we always say, this is the most dangerous show on earth because we are exposing Satan's lies, deception that he has spent countless yes. decades, centuries, trying to conceal and hide. And we are exposing them because we're living in Satan's little season, not only because it's biblical, but it just makes sense. Join or contact us at satanslittleseason.org. This is a non-copyright, living in Satan's little season production.